Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. Uh, we've got to make this quick. We have sushi waiting for us. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to make it quick. That's true, but I'm hungry. <laughs> and now that we know that there's sushi waiting for us. Mm-hmm. so Okay. Well, why, do, why did we get sushi on this episode of Lazy Doctor Who? Because we were hungry. Okay, that's right. We chose sushi specifically because we were talking about Japan and how they were sort of um, the... Inv- Interestingly enough, there was another... Uh, uh, I'm sure it was not a accidental line. When the Draconians come in, they're talking about Earthmen. They says, oh, these Earthmen are inscrutable. And it was often a mm-hmm. word used to describe uh, uh, people from Asia by mm-hmm. um, Europeans back in the day. I'm sure that was a thing to sort of twist it on the head. Yeah, I think I, I sort of had the thought like, which I mean, this is a thought that I've had a lot lately, which is why we've been trying to order food from like Chinatown and stuff is that there's been a lot of uh, a lot of hatred and violence against Asians in um, in Alberta and in Canada uh, mm-hmm. over the last several years, which sucks. So. Uh, so, yeah, trying to support a local Asian restaurant. That's true. Yep. So we did. We ordered sushi from a Japanese restaurant south of the river. Yep. So I'm excited. But I'm also excited to talk about episodes two and three of Frontier in Space. Yes. Uh, in this episode, um, and only in these two episodes, uh, the Doctor and Joe are uh, captured and imprisoned and called spies. And then they are subsequently freed and then put in a different prison and called spies. And then they are broken out of that prison, put in another prison and called spies. Mm-hmm. You get the you get the pattern of what's going on here in Frontier in Space. I mean, also, it's every iteration of it and every iteration of conversations that they have with the people who have captured them and called them spies mm-hmm. really helps to build the, not just the tension, but the frustration. Because we know the Doctor and Joe are telling the truth and we just, like, why won't you believe us? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I feel like it's a very effective use of the you know repetitive notion of doing this thing over and over again it it's i don't know to me it doesn't feel like it's killing time nope. to me it feels like it's building and building layers upon layers that work yeah it should not work this story should not work <laughs> putting your main stars they are never in a position to act on anything. Uh, they're basically being strung along while um, incidents occur around them while they're trying to tell people that this isn't the case. And it's, uh, yeah, um, we've also got a kitten cam as well to distract us as well as our grumbling <laughs> tummies waiting for sushi. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's, that, that is one of the, the big things that point, people point out about this. It's basically the doctor and Joe getting captured and recaptured, uh, and yet it still completely works. Because it's happening uh, against this tapestry of intrigue. And it's just, I love the fact that in this story, everybody is acting from a place where they think that they have the right answers. Mm-hmm. And they are convinced that they are in the right. Like this is, you know, until somebody shows up in this episode, there are no actual bad guys except maybe the Ogrons. But the, again, the Ogrons are not ever really acting for themselves they're agents of somebody else and Mm. now we just found out who but uh but yeah it is it is really interesting that you have such a well-built world a well-built you know universe galaxy i guess it Mm. is and uh and everybody has sort of i don't want to say correct motivations but like sensical motivations for the things that they are doing and thinking and it all like none of it feels like padding because it does feel like something like there's a good reason for everybody to do all of the things that they are doing 
And we even get like details, like quite often in Doctor Who, the doctor and companion just end up wearing the same clothes they have for, you know, sometimes it's like a week. Mm-hmm. And here it's like, no, they are being kept prisoners on, on Earth and they've been here, you know, I don't know, maybe overnight or something. We don't know exactly how long it's been. So they give Joe some fresh clothes. Like, yeah. what a what a really nice sort of minor touch. And then you get the joke with the doctor being like, who are you fighting later? Because, it, you know, it does look like she is dressed for a karate match or something. Mm-hmm. Kenny Manning's favorite outfit I saw on the VAM. Really? Yep. That's cool. I mean, it looks comfy. Yeah. Uh, it's also the, it's episode three that it debuts in. And of course, in the Pertwee era, that means it's a new production block two weeks after the, the last one. So you can kind of tell that the, I wonder how they shot because the um, President of Earth quarters are still there. But now the, the new feature set on in the studio uh, in this two weeks is the moon prison set you see to replace other sets. So these are things I notice. Mm-hmm. Also, hair length is slightly different, you know, because it's been two <laughs> weeks. Costumes are different because they were wearing their Carnival of Monsters costumes mm-hmm. in the first part of this, which was immediate, which was shot immediately. PQ, PQ. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It was shot immediately. But anyway, that, that's that's boring talk. We're here to talk about dresses and and uh, and gloves and stuff for interrogators. Like everyone is dressed at the nines in this, um, mm-hmm. including uh, a lot of female parts too, which is great. Yeah, it's interesting that the like the. The president is surrounded by a lot of of aides who are taking care of her in multiple different ways. You know, like secretary style, <clears throat> masseuse style. Yeah. The uh, the interrogator, machine operator, is a woman. Um, yeah, and they're dressed really stylishly, which I feel like is kind of like a. I don't know. We're in a, what a third or fourth wave feminism where it's like, yeah, I can be. Uh, I can be feminist, I can be large and in charge, and I can be girly as all get out and mm. look, you know, look amazing doing it. And I just, I feel like, yeah, that's 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 looking far into the future in terms of uh, there's, they have their jobs, nobody is looking down at them for doing them. They're not, you know, the the fact that, you know, one of them's massaging and the other one, you know, that they're all dressed in dresses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just par for the course. These are, this is their business. They're doing their jobs and getting it done. And I love it. I wonder if it's also like I wonder how far um, descriptions of costumes go in the script for what Malcolm Hulk is writing. Uh, I always assume everything that Malcolm Hulk writes, being a member of the Communist Party as he was, is is subversive in some ways. But it's it's a way of offsetting. Look at all this opulence. Here's the President of Earth uh, being waited on by two aides in fancy dress. One of them is giving her a head massage. Um, they have a torture machine that they also operate while wearing a ball gown. Yep. Meanwhile, there is a prison on the moon where once you get sent there, you are there for life. Yep. And it, the the most of the people that are there are in a party that is literally called the Peace Party. <laughs> yeah. So it's like at first, you, you know, the first few episodes, you're like, wow, you know, this president really has her head on straight. She doesn't want to start a war. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you find out that like across the rest of the world, there are a, a bunch of people who really want peace and find her government to be quite authoritarian and in some ways it is because yeah. there's a friggin' prison on the moon as you said where once you're there you never leave yeah it's like hotel california oh, God. why why would you do that to me i don't know rude that came out at the same time no 77 that came out great eagles are just starting up at this point the 70s weren't all good um <laughs> 
what else do we have to say about these two episodes? Uh, cro- I mean, I, it's funny because, you know, you think, oh, the peace party, how quaint. Everyone's flashing peace signs and stuff. And they think, you know, but obviously the peace party, like, is there's a certain, like, oh, the peace party will win someday is what Patel sort of shouts at the the governor and stuff. Um, and he kind of dismisses and walks off, you know. I feel like either the, the peace party is, like, on the verge of power According to Cross, who the guard who apparently is going to help out, um, or not, or or not, uh, or else they're like it just to me, it just feels like they're you know a very very fringe party, uh, thinking that they can actually get into power. But uh, the joke is that there are more peace party uh, people in prison than there are back on Earth. Also, the Patel, the member of the peace party <clears throat> who we first meet there, said that he got sent to the moon because he sabotaged a. Um, a military installation, which, you know, we don't know the details of that sabotage. Uh-huh. If it actually hurt people, that's not exactly peaceful. So it, you know, it may show a little bit of the, uh, the hip- hypocrisy of, of both sides. <laughs> yeah. You're like the people who think the Rebel Alliance are terrorists when they try to take down the Death Star. You're one of those people, are you? Mm, I mean, I'm just saying, uh, yeah. you know, I, the, the Rebel Alliance doesn't have peace in the na- in their name. If they were the Peace Alliance, <laughs> then, you know, maybe. Maybe they changed the Maybe they rebranded once they thought, you know, well, if we're going to start attacking space stations, maybe we should rebrand from the Peace Party to the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, yeah. just, I just found that, that interesting. Yeah, so did I. Uh, what else would we find interesting about this? Uh, Ray Ray Lana was great. Uh, he wasn't in this for long, but boy, he you know he, there was a certain natural ability to him where just you know you know if you want my advice, you should talk. Just you know, there's just a, a way laid back. Even though he's in a minor role here, you could tell he's destined for stardom because he's great in the Sandbaggers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in another show called Harry's Game, which is very famous at the time in 1982, mm-hmm. uh, which is a short-term series with a very popular theme song by. Clanad, Clanad, who of course went on to do Robin of Sherwood. Um, but I just like watching him in his, in his two scenes. He's in two scenes in this episode. They were great. Also, his scenes serve to give you, us even more subtle world building because he is, um, he's basically like a, you know, intergalactic police officer or something uh-huh. like that. And when he's back on Earth, uh, doctor is saying we'd I'd like to get a, a message to the president and he's like oh no that like I don't want to get involved with security mm-hmm. so like clearly there's there's not only divisions all over the place but there's a division between his unit like the work that he does and the security people who take care of the, the president mm-hmm. and stuff so it's just like that's yet another just interesting development that we that we get about the way that this society works and it's also sort of like the working class man sort of like i don't want to get mixed up in that political nonsense i just want to do my job uh you know i feel no ill will toward you so i'm going to give you this heartfelt advice and now i am going to exit stage left and you know go back to just being a cool dude elsewhere Mm -hmm. becoming a sandbagger (laughs) that's probably what he's doing uh, speaking of cool dudes, Roger Delgado turns up as the master. He's what? behind all this. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm saying it that way because I've seen this before. So I, I did remember that that was coming. But the first time I saw it, I'm not sure I knew. And, yeah, that's like what a great just reveal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And it's perfect, too, because it's very it's a very him thing to do. Like, this version of the master is absolutely into the complicated, convoluted plans where he inserts himself into a government for long enough to get a title and start doing things and machinations. It's just like he, he, he has fun with it. He does, and I like that, like, he's not... He doesn't know the doctor's involved until the Ogrons raid the ship and happen to bring back the TARDIS. Like this is just part of his, you know, just a just an average weekday for him. You know, just I'm just going to start a war between Earth and Draconia and mop up uh, what's left behind and, and take over. Oh, the doctor's involved too. Oh, well, this should be fun. Really, he should realize that he's he's doomed the second he saw that TARDIS because he always loses against him. Yep. But but uh, there, his and Joe's initial um, conversation in the prison cell mm-hmm. is just fabulous. It is like they they definitely have a history. And, you know, she's, honestly, I feel like she probably maybe should have stuck to her guns a little bit and been like, I don't want to go anywhere with you and then stayed with that. Mm-hmm. But but, you know, then then on the other hand, she definitely has a chance to get closer to the TARDIS yep. if she goes with him. And she's seen enough to know that he's, you know, basically just, you know, absolutely obsessed with the doctor. So if she goes with him. Chances are she's going to get closer to the doctor again. He says he's going to go, you know, release the doctor anyway. So, I mean, in the end, it is a smart move for her to go along with the master, even as dangerous as as he is. Yeah, she learns from her uh, in the second episode, second episode, when they're on the way back to Earth. And she's like, okay, let's concoct escape plans. You know, we'll force them to take us back to Earth and all this. Again, Joe, we're going to Earth, you know, go along with the flow and then make your action when you get there as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to find an alternate route to go to the same place. Yeah. So she's probably thinking, yeah, okay, I'll go along with this because, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that, that scene, I have mixed feelings about that scene where she's like, you know, I love that Joe is trying to concoct an ex- escape plan because that's yeah. very a her kind of thing. But she she knows they're going back to Earth. So I'm just like, do you really have to write that and then have the doctor slap her down for that? Like, come on, Mac Hulk. She's, she's, I know that she's supposed to be the, the ditzy one, but... Mm-hmm. That that just felt like a little bit of a step too far. I mean, my headcanon is just that Joe is like, she is rearing to go. She is yep. revved up. So she's just not, you know, thinking things through quite as uh, as, as fully as she should. But I still, it's that, that little bitty line still bothers me. I know. And there is, you know, as I th- put my Doyleist hat on again, you know, there is a, w- a, a thing about informing the audience who might not have watched last week or forgot just a reminder we're going back to earth here's what's going on trying to work that way that into the dialogue while not having going you know as you know we're going back to earth and all this you know yep yep and that's that is fair but there's Mm -hmm. like you know mac hulk is a good writer he could have found a more elegant way to do that you know Ah, so, you know, have somebody, whether it's the doctor or Joe, start off the plan by saying, okay, so we're on our way to Earth, so we do this, and blah, 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 and by the time we get to Earth, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, you you can do it without making one of your main stars look like a boob. That's true. Ah, well. Can't win them all. Uh, anything else that we're forgetting here? We mentioned clothes. Yellow. Oh, you said yellow um, Yellow screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you just want to talk about it. At, at this time in the show's history, they uh, were experimenting with yellow as the main color for color separation overlay, not blue, and that later would be green. Mostly because um, there are a lot of blues in use in costuming, and of course, the TARDIS itself is blue, so they would uh, often sort of went against using blue. So that's why there's yellow. So when you see the yellow screen there, that's actually the CSO screen that they will later um, put the T 
TV on there. And I think it, it's somewhere in my mind I had known that that was the case, mm-hmm. in, especially in this era. We, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about it specifically in... Um, yeah, the Daleks was very prominently featured for one. But. Uh, that was that was one, but that was not the one. I was thinking oh. of the Time Monster. Because remember, they when they walk out of the TARDIS in the middle of nowhere, oh, yeah, and you've yeah. got the dress that's a little bit yellow, so it just like disappears on the yellow screen. So like, so I knew that, yeah. but I had kind of forgotten. And then we were talking about the Caribbean newsreader and the scroll or the um, zooming out or pulling out on a yeah. blue blue screen. You know, we said blue screen because that's yeah. a very common way to refer to it, and that's why I was surprised to see the yellow because we had just said the word blue, and that was in my head. So, mm-hmm. so apologies to everybody who listened to that previous episode we should have said yellow screen that's true and we shouldn't have said chroma key because that is a trade name actually color separation overlay is the name of the process chroma key was an actual trade name of a process to Mm -hmm. do that like kleenex versus tissues or band-aids versus bandages yeah exactly like that Mm -hmm. um is that what is that metonymy that was called metonymy i think so or synecdoche. I can never keep them straight. Synecdoche is in New York, um, in ancient Greece. <laughs> uh, is uh, is that it? Is that all we got for um, episodes two and three of uh, Frontier Space? Well, speaking of blue, the right. president has a new dress, so that's why I think new it production is. block. Yeah, yeah. I also think that that's a, a a subtle cue that this is a second day. They've given Joe separate clothes. Right. The president has different clothes on. It doesn't make you know. It's it's fine that the general has the same clothes because he's wearing his uniform. It's probably he doesn't have a different uniform for every day of the week. That's true. Uh, Vera Fusek's granddaughter four or five years ago uh, is now a model or a photographer or something like that, and she did a photo shoot of herself wearing her grandmother's dress from Frontier in Space. I remember when that went along on Twitter and I was just like, it's amazing. It's like, and it's not like that. The blue dress is definitely not the kind of dress that I would necessarily want to wear. I don't think it would be very flattering on me at all. It's not my style, but I, yeah, th- that was very cool. Yeah. I, my, I prefer the, uh, the earlier dress. That's more that like kind of orangey, orangey yellowish one. It's shiny. Yeah. I don't in the, in the, the van, the making of Vera Fusek, uh, says that she brought that one home with her or something but then she says it got ruined or something because a basement flooded or something and now i'm wondering did she mean the first one or, or perhaps a different one because obviously it survived long enough for her granddaughter to wear it in in the 2010s so yeah well vera fusek and michael williams who played general um no general williams michael hart i can't remember the actress name they both died like the past year wow. yeah so downer I also wanted to talk about the moon prison. Okay. Just another bit of world, not not just set building, nope. but world building. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I just think it's neat. It, it in itself is this tiny little microcosm that has its own hierarchy. In just like a few scenes, suddenly we are treated to a prison drama where you mm-hmm. have, you know, there's, yes, there's the governor of the colony, but it's actually prison prisoners who are, you know, bust in from other prisons yeah. who are kind of running the show. So the, you know, you got the people from the peace party who are the prisoners, but they are, they're more sort of thuggish criminals that are brought in from elsewhere to kind of run the show and keep, keep things on the straight and narrow. And obviously, you know, cross 
as you joked, double crossed the uh, double crossed the old guy um, who thought he was going to escape. Uh, and the doctor was right on when he's thinking, "Huh, this is based on what little I've seen of that guy. I would have thought he would want more than just promises." Uh-huh. And clearly, that's the case because he was, you know, not uh, not on board. Nope, he was not. Neither were uh, the Doctor and Professor Dale on board the moonship um, that they were going to walk across the moon's surface to get onto because mm-hmm. they turned the um, the oxygen off and depressurized the room at the end of the episode. Dun, dun, dun. Double-crossed. It's a good cliffhanger. It is a good cliffhanger, yeah. Um, is that it, then? Is that all you got for... Uh... You just want to eat the sushi. I kind of do, kind of do. But, yeah. I think, I, I think I'm good, though. I think that's that's... There's a lot of stuff I could, we could probably find other things to talk about, but I have I've said the things that I was excited about saying right away. Well, good, excellent. Well, uh, we're gonna watch episode four and probably five whilst we eat our sushi mm-hmm. uh, and get back to you before the uh, the climactic finale and in episode six. So, um, so yeah, everyone enjoy uh, sushi if you're having sushi at home. <laughs> we're gonna have some too uh, and enjoy Frontier in Space because that's what we're gonna do as well mm-hmm. and. Uh, if you're in Canada, enjoy Victoria Day. Happy Victoria Day. As the Lazy Doctor Who Marathon continues on the Incomparable Network. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.